thanks for coming back to the Preacher Chick Podcast. I'm Stacey the Preacher Chick, and we're reading the Bible together every day this year using the Bible plan from the Bible Project that can be found in the Bible app called One Story That Leads to Jesus. Today is day 88, and we are reading 2 Samuel 4 through 8. Quite a bit of reading to do in Psalm 88. Let's go. When Saul's son Ishbosheth heard that Abner had died in Hebron, he gave up, and all Israel was dismayed. Saul's son had two men who were leaders of raiding parties, one named Bana and the other Rechab, sons of Rimen, the Berathite of the Benjaminites. Berath had is also considered part of the part of Benjamin, and the Berathites fled to Gataim and still reside there as aliens today. Saul's son Jonathan had a son whose feet were crippled. He was five years old when the report about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel. His nanny picked him up and fled, but as she was hurrying to flee, he fell and became lame. His name was Mephibosheth. Rechab and Bana, the sons of Ramon, the Berathite, set out and arrived at Ishbosheth's house during the heat of the day while the king was taking his midday nap. They entered the interior of the house as if to get wheat and stabbed him in the stomach. Then Rechab and his brother Bana escaped. They had entered the house while Ishbosheth was lying on his bed in his bedroom and stabbed and killed him. They removed his head, took it, and traveled by way of the Arabah all night. They brought Ishbosheth's head to David at Hebron and said to the king, Here is the head of Ishbosheth, son of Saul, your enemy, who intended to take your life. Today the Lord has granted vengeance to my lord the king against Saul and his offspring. But David answered Rechab and his brother Bana, sons of Rimen the Berothite, As the Lord lives, the one who has redeemed my life from the distress. When the person told me, look, Saul is dead, he thought he was a bearer of good news, but I seized him and put him to death at Ziklag. That was my reward for him for his news. How much more wicked men kill a righteous man in his own house, on his own bed? So now, should I not require his blood from you and purge you from the earth? So David gave orders to the young men, and they killed Rechab and Bana. They cut off their heads and feet and hung their bodies by the pool in Hebron. But they took Ishbosheth's head and buried it in Abner's tomb in Hebron. All the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Here we are, your own flesh and blood. Even while Saul was king over us, you were the one who led us out into battle and brought us back. The Lord also said to you, You will shepherd my people Israel, and you will be ruler over Israel. All the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron. King David made a covenant with them at Hebron in the Lord's presence, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began his reign. He reigned 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months, and in Jerusalem, he reigned 33 years over all Israel and Judah. The king and his men marched to Jerusalem against the Jebusites who inhabited the land. The Jebusites had said to David, you will never get in here. Even the blind and lame can repel you, thinking David can't get in here. Yet David did capture the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. He said that day, whoever attacks the Jebusites must go through the water shaft to reach the lame and the blind who are despised by David. For this reason, it is said, the blind and the lame will never enter the house. David took up residence in the stronghold, which he named the city of David. He built it up all the way around from the supporting terraces inward. David became more and more powerful, and the Lord God of armies was with him. King Hiram of Tyre set envoys to David. He also sent cedar logs, carpenters, and stonemasons, and they built a palace for David. Then David knew that the Lord had established him as king over Israel.
and had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. After he arrived from Hebron, David took more concubines and wives from Jerusalem, and more sons and daughters were born to him. These are the names of those born to him in Jerusalem, Shemua, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon, Ibar, Elishua, Nephag, Jephia, Elishma, I think that's actually pronounced Elishama, sorry, Eliada, and Eliphalet. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, they all went in search of David, but he heard about it and went down to the stronghold. So the Philistines came and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. Then David inquired of the Lord, Should I attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord replied, Attack, for I will certainly hand the Philistines over to you. So David went to Baal Perazim and defeated them and there, there and said, Like a bursting flood, the Lord has burst out against my enemies before me. Therefore he named that place, The Lord Bursts Out. The Philistines abandoned their idols there, and David and his men carried them off. The Philistines came up again and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, and he answered, Do not attack directly, but circle around behind them and come in and come at them opposite the balsam trees. When you hear the sound of marching on the tops of the balsam trees, act decisively, for then the Lord will have gone out ahead of you to strike down the army of the Philistines. So David did exactly as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Geba to Gezer. David again assembled all the fit young men of Israel, 30,000. He and all his troops set out to bring the Ark of God from Baal Judah. The Ark bears the name, the name of the Lord of armies, who is enthroned between the cherubim. They set the ark of God on a new cart and transported it from Abinadab's house, which was on the hill. Uzzah and Ahio, sons of Abinadab, were guarding the cart, were guiding the cart, and brought it with the ark of God from Abinadab's house on the hill. Ahio walked in front of the ark. David and the whole house of Israel were dancing before the Lord with all kinds of fir wood instruments, lyres, harps, tambourines, sistrums, and cymbals. When they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah reached out to touch the ark of God and took hold of it because the oxen had stumbled. Then the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah and God struck him dead on the spot for his irreverence and he died there next to the ark. David was angry because of the Lord's outburst against Uzzah, so he named that place Outburst Against Uzzah, as it is today. David feared the Lord that day and said, How can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? So he was not willing to bring the ark of the Lord to the city of David. Instead, he diverted it to the house of Obed-Edom of Gath. The ark of the Lord remained in his house three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his whole family. It was reported to King David that the Lord had blessed Obed-Edom's family and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and had the ark of God brought up from Obed-Edom's house to the city of David with rejoicing. When those carrying the ark of the Lord advanced six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fattened calf. David was dancing with all his might before the Lord, wearing a linen ephod. Okay, go back. Listen to what this verse says. When those carrying the ark of the Lord advanced six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fattened calf. So like every six steps, they were stopping to sacrifice. That's, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> David was dancing with all his might before the Lord, wearing a linen ephod. He and the whole house of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of the ram's horn. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Saul's daughter, Michael, looked down from the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent David had pitched for it. Then David offered burnt offerings and fellowship offerings in the Lord's presence. When David had finished offering the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings, 
He blessed the people in the name of the Lord of armies. Then he distributed a loaf of bread, a date cake, and a raisin cake to each one in the entire Israelite community, both men and women, and all the people went home. When David returned home to bless his household, Saul's daughter, Michael, came out to meet him. How the king of Israel honored himself today, she said. He exposed himself today in the sight of the slave girls of his subjects like a vulgar person would expose himself. David replied to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me over your father and his whole family to appoint me ruler of the Lord's people, Israel. I will dance before the Lord, and I will dishonor myself and humble myself even more. However, by the slave girls you spoke about, I will be honored. And Saul's daughter, Michael, had no child to the day of her death. This is one of those that's like, holy moly, you don't, you don't go after somebody's praise and worship. <laughs> um, I, I, it's just, it's, wow. When the king had settled into his palace and the Lord had given him rest on every side from all his enemies, the king said to the prophet Nathan, look, I'm living in a cedar house while the ark of God sits inside tent curtains. So Nathan told the king, Go and do all that is on your mind, for the Lord is with you. But that night the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go to my servant David and say, This is what the Lord says. Are you to build me a house to dwell in? From the time I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until today, I've not dwelt in a house. Instead, I've been moving around with a tent as my dwelling. All my journeys and all my journeys with the Israelites, I've ne have I ever spoken a word to one of the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, asking, why haven't you built me a house of cedar? So now, this is what you are to say to my servant, David. This is what the Lord of armies says. I took from you the pasture. I took you from the pasture from tending the flock to be ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all your enemies before you. I will make a great name for you like that of the greatest on the earth. I will designate a place for my people Israel and plant them so that they may live there and not be disturbed again. Evildoers will not continue to oppress them as they have done ever since the day I ordered judges to be over my people Israel. I will give you rest from all your enemies. The Lord declares to you, the Lord himself will make a house for you. When your time comes and you rest with your fathers, I will raise up after you your descendant who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. When he does wrong, I will discipline him with a rod of men and blows from mortals, but my faithful love will never leave him as it did when I removed it from Saul, whom I removed before you. Your house and kingdom will endure before me forever, and your throne will be established forever. Nathan reported all these words and his entire vision to David. Then David went in, sat in the Lord's presence, and said, Who am I, Lord God, and what is my house that you've brought me this far? What, have, what you have done so far was a little thing to you, Lord God, for you have also spoken about your servant's house in the distant future. And this is a revelation for mankind, Lord God. What more can David say to you? You know your servant, Lord God, because of your word and according to your will, you have revealed all these great things to your servant. This is why you're great, Lord God. There is no one like you and there is no God besides you, as all we have heard confirms. And who was like your people Israel? God came to one nation on earth in order to redeem a people for himself, to make a name for himself, and to perform for them great and awesome acts, driving out nations and their gods before your people. You redeem yourself, you redeem for yourself from Egypt. You established your people Israel to be your own people forever, and you, Lord, have become their God. 
Now, Lord God, fulfill the promise forever that you have made to your servant and his house. Do as you have promised, so that your name will be exalted forever, when it is said, the Lord, God, the Lord of armies is God over Israel. The house of your servant David will be established before you, since you, Lord of armies, God of Israel, have revealed this to your servant when you said, I will build a house for you. Therefore your servant has found courage to pray this prayer to you. Lord God, you are God. Your words are true, and you have promised this good thing to your servant. Now please bless your servant's house, so that it will continue before you forever. For you, Lord God, have spoken, and with your blessings, your servant's house will be blessed forever. After this, David defeated the Philistines, subdued them, and took Methag Ama from Philistine control on the ground, and he measured them off with a cord. He measured every cord, two cord lengths of those to be put to death and one full length of those to be kept alive. So the Moabites became David's subjects and brought tribe or brought tribute. David also defeated Hadadezer, son of Rehob, king of Zobah, when he went to restore his control at the Euphrates River. David captured 1,700 horsemen and 20,000 foot soldiers from him, and he hamstrung all the horses and kept a hundred chariots. When the Arameans of Damascus came to assist King Hadadezer of Zobah, David struck down 22,000 Aramean men. Then he placed garrisons in Aram of Damascus, and the Arameans became David's subjects and brought tribute. The Lord made David victorious wherever he went. David took the gold shields of Hadadezer's officers and brought them to Jerusalem. King David also took huge quantities of bronze from Beta and Barathai, Hadadezer's cities. When King Toy of Hamath heard that David had defeated the entire army of Hadadezer, he sent his son Joram to King David to greet him and to congratulate him because David had fought against Hadadezer and defeated him, for Toy and Hadadezer had fought many wars. Joram had its items of silver, gold, and bronze with him. King David also dedicated these to the Lord, along with the silver and gold he had dedicated from all the nations he had subdued, from Edom, Moab, the Ammonites, the Philistines, the Amalekites, and the spoil of Hadadezer, son of Rehab, king of Zobah. David made a reputation for himself when he returned from striking down 18,000 Edomites in Salt Valley. He placed garrisons throughout Edom, and all the Edomites were subject to David. The Lord made David victorious wherever he went. So David reigned over all Israel, administering justice and righteousness for all his people. Joab, son of Zeruiah, was over the army. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, was court historian. Zadok, son of Ahitub, and Ahimelech, son of Abiathar, were priests. Sariah was court secretary. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was over Carathites and Pelathites, and David's sons were chief officials. It's the first time we're hearing Benaiah's name. Benaiah is one of my favorites. Oh, I love Benaiah. And that's chapter 8. I can't wait till we read more about Benaiah. Lord God of my salvation, I cry out before you day and night. May my prayer reach your presence. Listen to my cry. For I've had enough troubles, and my life is near Sheol. I'm counted among those going down to the pit. I'm like a man without strength, abandoned among the dead. I'm like the slain lying in the grave whom you no longer remember, and who are cut off from your care. You've put me in the lowest part of the pit, in the darkest places, in the depths. Your wrath weighs heavily on me. You have overwhelmed me with all your waves. You have distanced my friends from me. You've made me repulsive to them. I'm shut in and cannot go out. My eyes are worn out from crying. Lord, I cry out to you all day long. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do departed spirits rise up to praise you? Will your faithful love be declared in the grave and your faithfulness in Abaddon? Will your wonders be known in the darkness or your righteousness in the land of oblivion? But I call to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer meets you. Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you hide your face from me? From my youth, I've been suffering and near death. 
I suffer your horrors. I am desperate. Your wrath sweeps over me. Your terrors destroy me. They surround me like water all day long. They close in on me from every side. You have distanced loved one. You have distanced loved one. And neighbor from me, darkness is my only friend. And that's our reading for today. That psalm, um, for people who maybe think that depression isn't real, that psalm right there proves otherwise. It was a desperate prayer. It was a, a cry of desperation and anxiety and depression. And you read that all through there. Um, those things were, really are very real. And God is the ultimate healer for sure. But it's also, um, you know, I don't know why I'm going there with this. It just seems like it needs to be said. It's okay if you need to go get some help. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame in that. Um, but God's there. Turn to him. If you're feeling low today, if you were feeling like, is God really hearing you? friend, I promise you he is. Don't, I, I love that somebody I heard years ago say, don't mistake his silence for his absence. Sometimes he's quiet because he's, he's just holding you and it's okay to just rest in him. I hope you have a great day today. Come back for day 89 tomorrow and I'll see you then.